Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How's it going, Michelle? Woo-woo! I'm a little drunk. You made some really strong drinks this time. I did. I didn't mean to, and they didn't seem like they were that strong. But now that we're like maybe three in, it's clear they are. Well, it's also been like an hour and some (laughs) that we've just been chit-chatting and drinking. So yeah, we have just been... But the glasses are small, so it's not like It didn't seem like we were drinking that much. It did not seem that way, but the illusion... I feel like we should have known better by now, but... uh, That's silly. It is silly. (laughs) (laughs) We'll never learn our lesson, thank you very much. Never. Never. (laughs) So what's in it? Okay, so these are called royal flushes. Ooh, and and just let everyone know that... I got a royal flush and pie gal, and uh, who? I also got a royal flush and we pie gal. We both did. That's right. So that was actually the inspiration for this drink, and the fact that I have to go to Vegas next week again. I'm yep. hoping maybe it rubs a little luck off on yes, me. Yes, girl. Yes. It's rubbing something off on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Sure, Michelle. Yeah, girl. Sounds you good. are. You're in for an edit this time. I mean, your story is second, so your <laughs> drinks are still going to have to settle. Oh, God. Okay. So, in our effort yeah. to get away from a little more vodka gin drinks, yes. I found something that had Crown Royale in it. So, yeah. that's the royal part of the royal flush, mm. I think. So, it's one part Crown, one part Peach Schnapps, one part Malibu Rum, mm. one part cranberry juice and then you mix all that up in a shaker and then pour it over ice top it with a cherry ba-boom you have a perfect poker drink it's really tasty very easy to drink yeah as we found out i thought it was going to be like a little bit more whiskey heavy but it's It's like an aftertaste like you said yeah it's like on the back end you can kind of taste the whiskey but for the most part you you can't taste it which is right up my alley (laughs) yeah Exactly. Well, no, it's really tasty, so good job. Hopefully so, you get a roll of flush again. That would be sweet. Dude, will we go to Reno again together? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. We're going to party so hard. It's going to be so fun. We're just going to be sitting at a table the whole time. I'm going to bring so many fives with me so I can, I guess you get chips, but whatever. Yeah. I'm going to pretend like, well, I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about I don't know either. We it's, need fives. Well, isn't it like a $5 table that we play at? Oh, yes. It but is a $5 table. I would just hand them a large chunk of cash and then they would they give would me give chips. chips. That's yeah. how it works. Yes. Good job, <laughs> I'm not Michelle. putting $5 bills out on the table. No. Oh, man. Anywho. Yeah, on to Caitlin's story because we better wrap this shit up before it gets into a slurry nightmare mess. Yeah, Nick is bringing us tacos. So, thank you, Nick. Wrap it up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, this story is about Anitra Washington. Okay, Anitra Washington. Mm -hmm. So, this is November 19th, 1988. Oh, shit. Okay, so we're kicking it old school a little bit. old school. Back in the 80s where everything rocked. Yep. I wouldn't know, but sounds cool. And you you were born in fucking the 90s, huh? Yeah. I'm going to murder you. Go on. I'm going to be 30 in a few weeks. I can't even talk to you. Oh my gosh. I'm sweating. Anywho, (laughs) Anitra is 30 years old and she has two kids. Okay. She's walking to her friend's house. Like a neighbor down the road or something like that? Yeah, it's like a, it's several blocks away, I believe. Okay. But then a man in a Ford Pinto drives up to her and offers her a ride. Nailed it. Good job, Thank Caitlin. You. 
So she declined and the man said, that's what's wrong with you black women. People can't be nice to you. Anitra felt sorry for him. She states, I guess I appeared standoffish. And when he said it, I thought he was being nice and felt sorry for him. I thought he was just being nice and thought maybe I came off a little rough and said, okay, you can take me to the house. Oh, so she was like, nah, man, because yeah. that's common sense. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, well, you're mean. And she's like, all right, right. fine. Yeah. I'm not mean. Well, because the guy, she said, looked to be in his 30s, about the same age, and wearing a neatly buttoned down shirt and khakis. So she's like, he didn't seem threatening, mm. so maybe I should. He's driving a Pinto. I mean, yeah, how right? much of a threat could he be? Exactly. So as they went along, she said that she felt comfortable. They, were, they just chatted and there was no red flags at all. Mm, I suspect that, never mind. <laughs> Sorry. You're suspecting is, is right, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, so when the man took a left turn, instead of continuing straight towards her friend's house, he completely snapped. Oh, he, so he, he, like, changed personality, Absolutely, kind of. just like that, just Ugh. snapped. And he was calling her by a different name, and she's like, are you talking to me? Did you just have a stroke, sir? Right, yeah. Like, what's going on? He said he would kill her if she yelled, and just going off unhinged, and, like, rants and such like that. Oh, my gosh. Anitra was super confused, and was wondering, like, what is happening? Because <laughs> it was just, like... This it was so out of the blue. A psychotic episode or what's going on? Yeah. And she remembers thinking like, it's time to get out of this car because this dude is tripping. <laughs> Absolutely. Good job. But then all of a sudden he pulls out a 25 caliber semi-automatic handgun. What? And then he shoots her in the chest. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he oh. just... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, that was shocking. I thought I he was going to, like, hold it on her or no, something. No, he pulled the trigger. Holy shit. Anitra states, and I was like, oh, shit, what happened? She reaches for the door, and he says, you open that door, bitch, and I'll shoot you again. Oh, my God. Right? He is not very much of a gentleman. No. It was not until he said that that she realized that she was shot. She didn't feel any pain, and... She told him to take her to the hospital. He looked at her like she was crazy and said, no, I can't do that. <laughs> You're my hostage now. Right? She looked him in the eye and said, if I die, I will haunt you. Fucking <laughs> I love her right? already. <laughs> I'm going to haunt your ass. Exactly. I, I would hopefully do that Forever. too. Yeah. Anitra then passes out though. Oh. From the gun, of course, she got shot in the chest. Yeah, at freaking point blank range yeah. so when she woke up she saw him taking pictures of her and then what? she would pass out again so she's coming in and out of consciousness and just seeing barely what's going on yeah and passes out oh my god she woke up again and now he is on top of her what? and he's kissing her and he did rape her oh, and god. oh my gosh what a skis ew oh my gosh she said after that she started to feel the pain because she said it felt like something was crushing her he began to drive again. Okay, was, so all this just happened in the car. This is all happening in the car. Okay, yep, this all happened in the car. Mm-hmm. So then they are now driving again, and she wakes up, and she's able to reach for the car door to try to open it to escape. How should she have any strength I know! Oh, my gosh. So he actually saw that she tried to do that, and he pushed her out of the moving car. Oh, my God. Right? He's like, fine, get out. So he pushes her out and she rolls into an alleyway. 
So Anitra, she's now bleeding from her chest, disoriented, and just pushed out of a car. Yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of bumps and bruises on the rolling (laughs) out of a freaking moving car. But she somehow managed to walk to her friend's house that was nearby, and she passes out on her porch. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the no. friend? No. Like, oh, oh, yeah, I know, right? Opening the door. Hey, girl. Yeah. And she's fucking practically dead on your doorstep. Just bleeding out. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. No. Terrible. <laughs> so she woke up naked with a sheet over her, and she thought that she was dead. But Is she, she in was the in the, No, she was oh, in the hospital. Okay. She was, was like, the- was she dead? No, she was in the hospital. That just recently happened in this novel I'm reading. What? She woke up in the morgue because they had declared her dead. Oh, really? I mean, if, yeah. it's like a freaking teenage young adult novel. So, I mean, don't How old are the, you? Just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've read it like 18 times. You too. can enjoy tea. I don't mean, I did like Twilight. I mean, <laughs> I, I was a fan. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right. So, Okay. Anitra learned that the bullet actually had been deflected by her rib cage, and it missed her heart completely. Thank goodness. I know. She states, I was like, thank you, Father God. Oh, I know, right? Unfortunately, she had no name, just the description of the car and the guy. Mm. But she was really into cars, so she was like... It's this, really, this, this. Uh, oh, yeah, Marissa she was really detailed. Tomei from my cousin Vinny. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> But unfortunately, I mean, he got away with it. What? Well, it wasn't... Sorry. <laughs> it was not until 2010. This From 1988 in, yeah. to 2010? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. When the man was ad- identified and arrested. The <sighs> man was Lonnie David Franklin Jr., Jr., also known as the Grim Sleeper Serial Killer. Good lord, that's quite the name. I know, right? Well, Lonnie was, so he was married with two kids. He worked as a mechanic for the L.A. Police Department. and He late- fucking worked for the post, or for the post office. Where did that, <laughs> the police department. Yeah. What? And, and later on as a sanitation worker. Uh. So during the 80s, he would stalk the streets of L.A. and preyed upon black women, usually drug addicts and prostitutes. Hmm. He would rape them and kill them, and his victims were usually found in alleyways, hidden behind bushes, or even in trash cans because he was a sanitation worker. Creep, clearly. Most of the victims died due to a gunshot wound from the same 25 caliber gun. Some were beaten and some were strangled. So usually they were shot, but he, it wasn't like his M.O., he killed at least seven women between 1985 and 1988 and then ended the lives of three more women between 2002 and 2007. That is why they called him the Grim Sleeper because it looked like he stopped killing for a while. So he was sleeping. That's what they were. Interesting. Hmm. But they believe that he was not, like that didn't stop him. Like he was actually killing on the DL this whole time. Yep. Because authorities mm-hmm. recovered thousands of photographs of women from his property, including Anitra. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh, my God. In this article, it says that she was a sole survivor, but I believe another survivor came forward. Mm. So she is one of the few that actually survived this oh serial killer. What a fucking dirtbag. Right? She was the main witness at his trial in 2016. So now 63 years old at that time. 
She was living in fear ever since that day in 1988 because she didn't know if he was going to come back for her. Well, of he was never caught. Yeah, I yeah. mean, so, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Maybe he just assumed that she was dead or some such I mean, thing. Yeah, definitely. She be. had a freaking gunshot wound in her chest and got thrown from a car. She can't be doing that great. No, exactly. So, I mean, oh, good job, ribcage. Like, yeah, I didn't uh, take in the brunt of that mm-hmm. and saving your heart. I mean, I think that's the point, right? It is indeed. Thank you, body. So she got to address him and said, you're truly a piece of evil. You're right up there with Manson. I thought she was going to say, you're truly a piece of shit. And I was like, (laughs) oh, girl. I guess piece of evil is a little bit more poignant. (laughs) You're right up there with Manson. And you don't deserve forgiveness because you've shown no remorse. Mm. Lonnie pled not guilty and denied any role in the killings. But didn't say a word at his trial. His attorneys tried to cast doubt on the ballistics and DNA evidence and suggested that a mystery man was the culprit. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. They were able to collect his DNA by having a detective posing as a busboy who collected his pizza crusts and utensils at a birthday party that he was at. What? They collected the DNA from him. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I was like, they... what is he doing eating pizza crust? That's what I, <laughs> no, he, I misunderstood. He didn't eat the pizza crust. I so see. he took it and the utensils he used. Then they arrested him when the results came, connecting him to all these crimes. Mm. He was charged with 10 counts of murder and one count of attempted murder. Attempted murder being Anitra. Anitra. Yeah, Anitra. So there was nine women that he killed and one 15-year-old girl. Oh, I know. Motherfucker. He was sentenced to death. Anitra says that she will rest easier knowing that he can't harm anyone. Yeah. It's a good thing we were able to put him away. He doesn't get to see the light of day anymore. On March 28th, 2020, at 67 years old, he died from natural causes while on death row. So he's not in the world anymore. He's not. That's good. So there's actually a documentary on Discovery Plus called the grim sleeper mind of a monster mm. and pretty much just goes into his him, his crime and... and such like that i believe anitra is talked about as well in that documentary as well so if you want to check that out i don't have discovery plus but i do <laughs> you have everything i know it's so sad <laughs> like we probably pay 300 dollars in stupid streaming. like channels streaming that's hilarious it's annoying but good i mean she found so much strength in herself to keep calm, to walk to a friend's house. Like she, she's amazing. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just in shock of her bravery and especially to keep calm during the trial. They said that she kept very calm. One of her sons like walked out when they were talking about All her shit. sexual assaults uh. and such like that. I mean, it's difficult to hear her, absolutely, but for her to stay calm and to go onto the witness stand and point him out. She's and like, call nah, him out. I'm gonna, we're putting him away forever. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Ugh. I'm so sad that she had to live in fear for that long. That's such a it long is, time. It is, was it 22 years? 20 I mean, some years, yeah. yeah that's to, a long time. To live time. in fear, absolutely devastating. But so glad that she made, made it, it through. Yeah, absolutely. So good, good job, Lord. Anitra. Ah! A few Lonnie. Right. Good Lord. All right, Michelle, my, I got through my story. Well, we're going to see how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> right? So I'm taking us back to June 2013. And okay. this story is about 23-year-old Eric Baker. And it's okay. Eric, 
R I C K. Good lord. Oh, okay. Um, so, Eric. Eric. Okay. Yes, Eric yes. sounds right. So they are cleaning out the silos for so they can load up oh. corn on their farm. Oh, okay. So he's Eric is inside the this big silo mm-hmm. and it's only about like an ankle or two deep worth ankle or two is that a fucking I don't know. is that a way of measurement i don't I think don't so know, is it it's only about ankle deep oh <laughs> like I see, I see. it's not too much more than a foot deep oh, at this point okay. and so he's sort of helping clean it up it's a pretty unpleasant task but you know somebody's got to do it mm. and, you know son get in there and go do that eric's dad and another truck driver we're taking turns hauling away truckloads of grain. Okay. And as these, as they're getting sort of taken away, Eric is inside the silo cleaning it up. Okay. And Eric is already very aware of the dangers of working in a silo because it is super easy to get sucked down into the grain mm. and suffocate. Like it's, it Dang. can mean pretty much almost instant death. Like a quiet place. Yeah, have that, I have not seen it. Oh, okay. So a boy fell in the silos and his sister, like, he yeah. was drowning. It, yeah, it's the, like yeah. You, you drown in the grain. Oh, my gosh. That's and terrible. you just get sucked right down. So it's very, very dangerous. But, Spoiler alert. Sorry. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you know, way to tell us what happened in the sorry. quiet place. My gosh. Eric was standing in the silo cleaning it up and there was a big length of PVC pipe also in there, sort of like an auger that was breaking up the chunks of corn because I guess they sort of get a little rotten and then they all stick together. Okay. And so it ends up in these sort of big chunks inside the silo. And actually, Eric, who is an asthmatic, had sort of a special mask on because to help him breathe. Oh, interesting. So it was a battery-powered ventilation mask that had a visor and a cloth that he sort of kept tucked under his chin. It didn't make oxygen, but it filtered out all the dust and everything that was in there. okay. So it just helped him breathe quite a bit. So around 10.30 that morning... Eric's dad left the spot where he had been keeping an eye out on his son. He left it so he could go turn off the auger that was inside breaking up this corn. Mm. With the load complete, Eric's dad turned the auger off and then drove off. And he realized later that, shoot, I should have checked on him one more time before I left. But what had happened was Eric felt the corn beneath him give way (gasps) what had happened was his body weight had actually broken through a chunk of that moldy corn that we were talking about so he had been sitting up on it Uh in this like solidified chunk and then it broke and there was a bunch of air underneath Uh it was like some empty space and his foot just got immediately sucked down into the empty space below this rotten corn oh my gosh so does that make sense wasn't it only an ankle like deep? Also, as they're breaking up the corn, uh-huh. there's more corn going in. I see. Now he has fallen into this pocket of uh-huh. air, and then all the corn rushes in <gasps> around it to sort of fill up all that right. space that his foot has now broken into. Oh my gosh. And his dad just like, okay, I'm going to go? Yeah, I'll just, I'll be gone. I hadn't, and I didn't check on him. Right, (laughs) yeah, okay. He was really cautious about it, and then was just like, oh, I'm sure he's fine. 
Actually, yeah. I think he didn't even think about it. Right. And then was just sort of like thinking, thinking about his own things, thinking right. about all the stuff that had to be done. Okay, okay. And they're just trying to bring in all these truckloads. And right. so he took off to go get the next truckload. Mm. That's my kind of understanding of how this all goes. So this pocket with his foot in it is now filling up fast with mm-hmm. corn, as I mentioned. And Eric is getting kind of sucked down a little bit further. Uh-huh. And so now he's up to his knees. Okay. And then the more corn is going in, and all of a sudden now it's up to his waist. Oh, no. Okay. So he's just oh sort gosh. of, the more he's trying to get out and trying to move his mm-hmm. legs to get himself out, the more the corn is, like, compressing around him. So he'll move a little bit and it just sucks him in deeper. (gasps) And you try to move a little bit and any pocket that's formed by him Uh moving just gets more corn. Just immediately right into that space. So it's like, it's almost like quicksand or something. He just, the more he struggles, the worse he gets like sucked down. Holy, it's very claustrophobic. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. It totally is. So he did have a um, a rope wrapped around his right arm, which was kind of the safety precaution. So he could pull himself out should something happen. And he held on tightly, but unfortunately it was just useless. He didn't have the muscles to be able to pull himself (gasps) out. And the corn was just dragging him down and he was just sort of watching the cord slip out of his hand. Oh my God. And so now he's like, dad, dad, like trying to yell for help. And then he took a deep breath and then all the corn went over his head. (gasps) Oh my gosh. So now he is completely Underneath. underneath. With no one around. With no one around. And at this point... It is smoking hot inside there. Yeah. So it was hot outside. The heat inside the silo, Mm -hmm. because it's sort of getting baked in, Mm -hmm. is 136 (gasps) degrees. Oh, my gosh. So not only is this a shitty situation with all this super slippery corn, but it's hot as hell in there. Mm. Because he was trying to grab onto that rope, Mm -hmm. he ended up sort of getting stuck inside there with his one arm up. So he okay. like you could kind like of see he was trying his, to pull himself up. He was trying to pull himself up, and but by that point it was well beyond his waist. Yeah. So yeah, now yeah. his right hand, or excuse me, his left arm is poking straight up with just his fingertips above the corn. He said the pressure on his body was enormous. I couldn't imagine. It was like a boa, a thousand boa constrictors all over his whole body. It was an awful sensation, and he felt himself being squeezed with equal force across every inch of his body. Mm. And again, every little bit that he moved, the corn would just come rushing in and, like, squeeze him even further. So every breath he was taking was completely exhausting. Yeah, But fortunately, he's got that mask on. Oh, so it's not like, oh, that's right, So he's not like, I think if he didn't have that mask on, he would have been dead and drowned already. I would, yeah. So he was hyperventilating, and so he really had to sort of still his breathing and really try to take control of... Try to stay calm. Try to stay calm, and he's just like, how long can the batteries last in this thing? Like three hours, maybe? 
and then what's going to happen? So he was really struggling to (laughs) be like, what the fuck is going to happen to me? And hopefully this ventilator will last as long as someone can get in here to help me. And he just figured... His dad's got to know he's down here. Mm -hmm. I mean, he knew he was in the silo. He knew it was very dangerous. And so he just figured someone will be able to figure out, hopefully. So hours went by and he is still underground Uh or under all this corn. And he kept himself from going crazy by thinking about the things he was going to do and what had happened in the last weekend. So he was thinking about how he had gone out to the lake with his friends. They had rented a pontoon boat. They were, you know, having a party. And it was just like one of the best weekends of his life. So he just really spent the time thinking about, you know, this amazing weekend that Mm -hmm. he had just had. So now we're a good three hours. And he's spent under, under the corn. Oh, my gosh. Eric resigned himself to death. Oh. He was just like filling his lungs seemed to take more strength than Mm -hmm. he had anymore. And even the slightest swelling of his chest would sort of hit against the resistance of Mm. the corn and just make it so difficult to breathe that it was just like every breath was an absolute struggle. Well, three hours being crushed by corn like i can even imagine yeah that's a long time it is a long time i know as i was like reading this i was like it'll just be a few minutes right right <laughs> no. like nah that's not the case so at 10 30 that morning eric's dad sort of leaves him a message and was like hey eric like a jackass i forgot to make sure you were okay give oh me a call gosh. when you get this And then two hours later, when he still hadn't received a reply, he was like, "Uh uh-oh, we Mm -hmm. need to go and check on him. Eric's dad called the other truck driver and told him to go check on him before restarting that auger that was going to break up the corn. Okay. When the driver looked inside the silo, he saw no sign of Eric. (gasps) Did you see his little hand? No. Oh, my gosh. But he did see that rope. That was sort of dangling on top of the corn. And he was just like, what the hell? That shouldn't be like that. He flagged down a passing state patrolman and was just like, I think we might need help in here. I think Uh there's someone in the corn. It's like children of the corn. Sorry. (laughs) So at 1245, Iowa Falls Volunteer Fire Department got to the farm. So there was the fire of 15-year-old veteran Tyler. We'll just leave it at Tyler. 15-year-old? 15-year-old. 15-year-old veteran, Tyler, of the fire department. Prochaska? Protoska? Nope. All right. Yeah. So, and another firefighter, Jason, (laughs) immediately lowered themselves into the grain bin. And it was all still, and it was all silent. And they were like, oh, my God. We're looking for a body. (gasps) We're not looking for. This isn't a rescue. It's a recovery. Yeah. And so they kind of went around and were trying to dig around in this stifling hot silo. So what they ended up doing is a few minutes later, they radioed back and they said, if this kid's in here, he must be dead because I don't see him or hear him. (gasps) And Eric heard that and started yelling, I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. Oh my gosh. And so they barely heard him and they sunk to their knees and they started digging like crazy. Mm -hmm. They could hear Eric 
down beneath them counting out loud for some reason and they just follow the sound of their voice of his voice yeah i mean if you had to think of something to say i guess i'd be like a b c d or one two i'm just trying to stay conscious at this point so they were able to actually finally uncover his hand and so they uncovered the hand first and what eric said is he grab something and somebody grabbed back and so he's just like oh they're here so he was feeling much better like fucking rescues on the way yeah absolutely so they kept digging kept digging and what ended up happening and poor eric's initial elation started deflating (gasps) is they got his head uncovered Uh and then it would immediately get covered again oh my god they got his head uncovered it would get covered again. So that happened five times. Wow. And they were like, we got to figure out a better way mm-hmm. to get this kid out of this silo. So 120 people ended up coming to help this rescue attempt. 120? 120. And so I guess at the bottom of the silo, there's all these sort of detachable panels all these folks ended up going at these panels Uh to try to open them up and be able to release some of that corn from the bottom and have it start really just pouring Pouring out out. so they can empty the silo rather than trying to dig them out, which was clearly unsuccessful. Right. (laughs) So they were digging with their hands, their helmets, whatever they could find. My goodness. Unfortunately, that just was not going fast enough. He was still under there. He was still completely covered. And so finally, Eric's dad came in with a bulldozer and started moving the corn aside and let more corn fall out. And then he would bulldoze it, more corn would fall out. So now we're actually having the corn come out of the silo at a pretty good rate. So at this point, the rescue is in its third hour. It Uh is now 4 p.m. And Eric is still skeptical that he's even going to make it out. But then all of a sudden, in one swift motion, the rescuers freed his legs and pulled him up out of the tube. Oh my gosh, yay! He was alive, and then he collapsed onto the firefighter, and he was just sobbing as the two men hugged. And then he was brought to the ground because he was too exhausted to even support his own weight anymore. Oh my goodness. Eric actually only ended up spending two days in the hospital. And he had no lasting damage. They uh, pumped him full of liquids and, you know, got his, I guess he was very dehydrated. And they had to spend a lot of time extracting corn kernels out of his skin. What? Yeah. I guess they had just been embedded from pushing against him for so long. Yeah. That means that's so much pressure. I can't imagine. No, I can't. I can't even hardly fathom this. They said his heart had been pushed to the very limit. If he had been five years older, his heart probably would have just exploded in his chest practically. Had some sort of cardiac arrest and died. And if he was five years younger, he would have been too small and essentially been killed by the crushing weight of all the corn. So he was able to make it out. And a month later, they ended up having a giant party slash dinner for everybody who helped all 120 people that came to his rescue so at this dinner Uh they asked why were you counting out loud like were you timing us and he's like 
I wasn't counting anything. I just needed something to say. Oh, <laughs> so right. as you said, yeah. it was exactly that. Now he looks back at the experience and it feels like a surreal dream. Every now and again, a heavy feeling comes over him and he'll slump under the pressure and awful helplessness. And for a second, he'll be back there in the corn and then he'll sort of remember and then be able to move on with his life. But I think he does experience some PTSD now. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, holy that would be, cow. That would be awful. So I'm sorry. So he, so he came out pretty much just got free. Yeah. Yeah. He had almost no lasting effects. I mean, Whoa. other than having corn stuck yeah. everywhere in him and having to have that pulled out. Yeah. No, he it. was fine. Wow. So unfortunately he had a nice healthy heart and was able to keep breathing the entire time. So that mask really was that's a what saved him. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. If he hadn't had that, he would have suffocated yeah. almost immediately. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Silos are very, very dangerous. That's crazy. They're like yeah. just nothing to play around with. Yeah. I mean, Amy from Wisconsin, yeah. she was always telling me that. And it's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just you gotta have respect for the farm, man. Right. No, absolutely, <laughs> man. The equipment, all the oh my gosh. Oh. Wow. But he made it out. Good for, oh. Fortunately, yeah, he probably had a really, really stiff arm being Absolutely. stuck up the whole time. Well, I mean, I couldn't probably pull myself out. I couldn't, like, even, was it in school you had to do, like, that fitness test? I couldn't even do one pull-up. Oh, like, yeah. Same, girl. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, Are you right. kidding? <laughs> that was the worst No pull-up for you. Yeah. I just dangle there and, like, okay. Can Bad. you try to pull yourself up? Yeah, I'm like, No. no. <laughs> Wow. Well, those are great stories. Each of them just stayed calm. I think that's the, I think that's really kind of the thing. Staying calm, staying, trying to stay positive, you know, and as our last story was. And I'm so scared that if something like awful happened to me, I would either panic and be an insane person and not be able to even get a rational thought through. Or like I would ditch all my friends or something. Like I'm terrified that would (laughs) happen. Just leave me behind, Michelle. But Caitlin, it's only me. (laughs) I like to think that I would stay and save you, and or try to save you. It's like you can't really plan for that. I mean, you can have an idea, but until you're in that situation, you're not going to know what you're going to do. Who would have thought Michelle would completely ditch out immediately? (laughs) I'm praying that is not me. Episode seventy-seven. We'll have (laughs) us tell. No. No. Oh, I hope to never be in a situation where I have to make that choice. Well, I think, yeah, anyone in that situation, I think, do what they need to to survive. So. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I hope that no one's ever in this situation. But unfortunately, it happens all the time. I know. So I know people are the worst sometimes. It's true. No, it's absolutely true. So, uh, you think Nicholas is here with those tacos? No, not yet. Though. So. <sighs> You just have to finish your drink. And, Whatever. Uh, I don't even know if I can, man. Yeah. They right. were pretty tasty. They were pretty good. Good job, Michelle. Yeah. I don't know if whiskey is my drink, though. I think it makes me mean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a good thing to know about yourself. Uh, That's yeah, what I whiskey. said about rum for the right. longest time. I'm really? not drinking rum anymore. That's so funny. I yeah, whiskey is... Uh, if you can't taste it, it's good. But if you can't taste it, it's like... Ugh. So... You did a good job with hiding the whiskey taste. <laughs> well, I got the nice Crown Royale. I got the Crown That's Royale right. Reserve. You did. I you didn't want no out. janky shit in our drink. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> 
Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to follow us on Instagram or Facebook, we're at I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now. You can email us at I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now.com. And yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode and try out these tasty drinks. And we'll see you guys next time. Woo woo! Right. Royal flushes abound. Abound. All right, goodbye. Bye. Bye.